everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. And we are here today to talk about the spring movies. It's going to be really fun on Hallmark Channel and Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. And I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and Jasmine is here. Hi, guys. I am back. Yay. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. You know, spring. We have <laughs> April showers. Expecting yeah. Mayflowers with these allergies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've been like on a sneezing fit. If I apologize if I just stopped this podcast because I have lately, I've, the allergies have been getting to me. I've been sneezing. <laughs> Same here. I woke up with like my nose itching. I'm like, no, not today. We're doing good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is that time of year when it's just very gray and you're just like, oh, come summer soon. I need you. At least here in Utah. Yeah, we've got a little little of that. It's been going up and down for the past, like, a week. One minute is hot. Next minute is rainy. (laughs) Next minute is windy. I'm like, thank you, bipolar of California. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that is the best part of living in California, though, is the weather is so nice. I mean, yeah, you have the bipolar, but for the most part, the weather is so temperate and just nice all year. That part. (laughs) Yeah. That's that is a good part of Alabama, California. Uh, but uh, how do you think that? What do you think of Hallmark twenty twenty two? How do you think they've done so far? I think it's been a good start. Slowly but surely. Uh huh. It's slowly but surely. At first, I was like, mm, "What's going on with these lineups <laughs> right now?" As I slowly start watching, okay, they're starting to get a little more interesting. But I feel like I feel like they're saving some more stuff for summer. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling they're saving a lot of stuff for summer. Yeah, well, we did our our uh, May preview yes. uh, this week with uh, Hannah and Katie, and and there was some really interesting stuff coming up. We got the uh, Rip Van Winkle Jr. movie, which I am so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I know everybody's talking and, about it right now. <laughs> it looks bonkers, and I'm excited for it. But yeah, I I basically agree. I thought that both January and February were pretty weak mm-hmm. as far as movies. I wasn't as big a fan of the Wedding Veil movies as most people seem to have been. Uh, but uh, but then I thought that March was was pretty good. And we already talked a, a little bit. We did a whole episode on. Uh, just one kiss and always a more so we're just gonna do those a little more briefly but uh but those were i think pretty strong both of those they were definitely were those are like my top favorites oh yeah definitely well let's dive in let's talk about these movies uh and uh, we'll see what we thought about all of them and you'll have to let us know if you're listening what you thought and so it started out on the 26th of march we had uh, a second chance at love, and this is uh, Glory Rubin, Eric LaSalle, Alvina August, Jared Joseph, and Matthew James Dowden, director Alphonse uh, Atuyi, and writer Chad Quinn. It's Alicia and Arnold's marriage is picture perfect. However, Arnold is ready to grow their family, but Alicia is hesitant to the idea. Rather than facing the problem, Alicia sets her divorced parents each up on blind on a blind date dating app. So what did you think of this one? I wanted to love this movie. I really wanted to so bad, mm-hmm. but I feel like the parents were more interesting than the actual main character, which is the daughter. Like, mind you, I love me um, 
to Vida August. Like me and her, we we're friends on Instagram. But I feel like her character could have been a little bit more stronger, like her character who who she was playing. Cause I'll root for the husband to get a divorce, honestly. <laughs> yeah, the idea that this is a picture perfect marriage, as the summary <laughs> says, is ridiculous. Like, they I didn't even think that they liked each other, let alone. That that's why they, they were they were just there to be married. Like they had no options left. Yeah. Um, but I love like the 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 parents, you know, because you know they're uh-huh. you know original, you know, was it ER, you know, alumni, yeah. so kind of makes it, you know, you no, know, nostalgic a little bit. But I love like their you know their technology was like they're older. Like, how do I do this? How do I, you know, mm-hmm. kind of means like the older um, commercials of like eHarmony a little bit, like with the older people. Like this is like dorky a little bit, but it was yeah. I it could have been better. I feel like it could have been more explained more about. I know the theme was a little bit about divorce, like, you know, parents, about a like, child, but I feel like it could have been executed a little bit more better. Like, instead of her reasonings why, it could have been like, you know what? I had a bad experience with divorced parents. I don't want to bring my child into that environment. I feel like that could have been more clar- clarified in the plot. Yeah, this script was weak. It was just not a great script. I, the, I, I didn't like any of the characters really. I wasn't rooting for them. I I really felt like Alvina's character was difficult and frustrating. <laughs> and I, I just didn't feel like any of the characters really loved each other. And that's a big problem in a romance. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was a bummer. I mean, you've got this incredible cast. I love all of these actors. They are so talented i would have just loved for it to be a cute bubbly rom-com or even just a better drama but this to me it felt like something that you would see on one of uh uh, like tyler perry's dramas but not as fun yeah like more like it's like image like it could have been on like on a um like one of those own soap operas yes that's what it felt like but not as not as fun, not a campy, not as enjoyable. Yes. But hope, hopefully this critique will help the, you know, the next, you know, version of this and make it more better. Like I said, I was rooting for the husband, like, bro, I just get the divorce. Like, each I don't like, vote for, like, you know, divorces, but you're not happy. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll marry you. Not. <laughs> you did not seem like they should get married again. <laughs> It seemed like they liked each other or trusted each other. I don't know. Uh, and Glo- I love, especially Gloria Rubin. I love her. Nice. She's so good. And there is a Lifetime Christmas movie, which I really liked. I feel like almost nobody else enjoyed it. But uh, it's, it had Tori Braxton in it. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was a Christmas Carol take. But what I liked about it is instead of money making her cold, like is the typical Christmas Carol, instead of that, it was the fact that her parents died in a car accident suddenly on Christmas. And that's what made her cold was grief and trauma. And I thought that was a really interesting take on the character of Scrooge and the romance in it didn't work very well, but I, I, what what it, what they did is they had her parents being all of the ghosts and Gloria Rubin played her mom. And every time she saw her mom, she would like lose it. 
even if she had just left her just minutes before, <laughs> which is so <laughs> accurate. I feel like that's true. If uh, it would, can you, especially with a traumatic loss, yes. seeing them again would be just devastating. Mm-hmm. I just try to hold on to whatever's left. It doesn't matter if it was a ghost. Mm-hmm. Like, don't leave me. I got left right. for once. Do not leave me. Yeah. So I liked I liked that movie. I thought it was I thought it was good and uh I love Gloria Rubin. She's great. I like this whole cast. I just didn't like the script. I it thought it was better. really Yeah, the the it was it was boring. It was just I just didn't like the characters or the conflict. So mm-hmm. it was a bummer. I know. I was like, no. I was anticipating this too. I was anticipating like this movie. I yeah. Was I was like, no. <laughs> and I said it before, but sometimes I feel like Hallmark thinks that when they do a story with people of color, that they have to make it somehow a drama with like gravitas or whatever. And that's not true. Like everybody deserves to have light, fluffy, fun rom coms made about them. Exactly. I hundred percent agree. Yeah. <laughs> so more rom coms, Hallmark. Please, please stop with these dramas. Please let us know. So I don't know. I give this one a pretty low score. I really didn't. It was a tough to get through. Like a one and a half crowns. That was nice. I gave it a two. Yeah. <laughs> It it was it was rough. It really was. I don't know anybody who liked it. <laughs> yeah, I haven't talked to any of my friends yet. I'm like, oh, did you guys watch Hallmark? <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially you're like one of the most positive people I know. About I know, movies. and it was so sad. I was just like, I want to love this movie, but I was just like, I really was rooting for the husband. Like, I'm sorry, like, mm-hmm. to like a whole lifetime situation. Like, just get the divorce. Like, the girl was checking yeah. you out. You felt validated. Like, you deserve to have happiness and. Kudos to the best friend. His friend, like, talk to your wife. Like, he's about to leave. Right. Like, I was with you. Like, I hope you pack your bags. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Which you should not be feeling in a romance. Exactly. You shouldn't be I feeling like, like okay, we're going to move this to um, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Like, like, like a Christmas or like some type of like, like fall, um, like, you know, harvest, like, you know, sad moment. Mm-hmm. Instead, everybody should just watch the Deliver by Christmas with Alvina. Yes. And it, that is so good. I love yes. that movie. I do too. I can, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to watch it again. After this, it was I'm one of my favorite. It was, I think it was my favorite that year. Yeah, it was 2020. It blew me away. Like she, that was her debut in Hallmark mm-hmm. and that, that blew, blew me away. It was so good. We'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode. And that is the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcast? Do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast? Do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks? Now is the time to become a patron of Hallmarkies podcast. By becoming a patron, you get to access our patron Facebook group. You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch-alongs with stars like Paul Campbell, Natalie Hall, and more. It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family. Please consider, and we will love you forever. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. 
All right. Well, next we have uh, Just One Kiss. This was on the second. It stars Krista yeah. Rodriguez, Santino Fontana, Ileana Douglas, uh, Jeff Beasley director, Nina Wyman writer. Two complete opposites with disastrous love lives are brought together, unbeknownst by them, by their matchmaking mothers. So again, we already did a full episode where we talked for, I think, over an hour on this movie or close to it. Uh, so I'll put a link to that one if you want to hear even more. But Jasmine, what did you think of Just One Kiss? Okay. When I watched this, it gave me like a little like like late 90s vibe. How it, like, like the mm-hmm. whole like, like the scenes and everything. I'm sitting here like, man, I feel like I'm really watching an old school like lifetime movie. They're talking about life and everything. And then... The spoiler of it all at the end, I had to rewind it twice. I'm like, no way. Now understood. <laughs> like, what? Yes. The link down below. Watch the full commentary of the hour. Like, I was surprised that the moms were like ghosts setting their kids up, and I'm like wondering why? Why are they? Why are they yelling at each other? Like, they're not telling their moms to be quiet. What's going on? And just, yeah, it was just beautiful. But like, oh my gosh. <laughs> It was so brilliantly done, executed. Like once you watched it, once I watched it a second time, I noticed how they weren't actually interacting with the moms in the scenes, but it made it feel like they were. They were very clever about it. Yes, I, I really thought that because <laughs> uh, I thought that uh, one moms were actually gone, like which was the um, the main uh, was Zach's mom, and I thought she was gone. But I didn't know. Taylor's mom was gone. I was like, wait a minute. No one tells me anything. <laughs> like it was that de- it was done beautifully. I can say that. <laughs> yeah. With, uh, with, uh, t- you, you mean Tony, Tony's mom? Yes. Yeah. Tony and Mia's mom, they, they were so cute and funny. And I don't know. I just thought it added a, a special, unique feel to this movie that, that it wasn't expected. And I think it really did feel like a late nineties rom-com, like something that you would have gotten from a Nora Ephron or someone like that. It was really good. I think that it's maybe Nina Wyman's best script she's ever done, which is saying a lot. Cause she is the queen. Hey, gotta give her that she's crown. so good at these scripts. <laughs> like I'm like this called the actor. Can we get like the mom, their own movie? Cause I want to see them in action setting up like their daughter, like their granddaughter and their niece uh, later on, like yeah. in another rom-com I'm here for it. <laughs> I could, you know what? I really could see like a Mrs. Miracle kind of type series uh, for these two moms, that kind of thing where it's like an angel, you know, coming and helping, but it's two and they're super cute. <laughs> Hallmark, if you're hearing this, Give me Rachel a deal. Like, yeah. you can make this like a touch by angel situation, but a Hallmark version. But cute and fun and bubbly. And, exactly. And, yes, we're available, Hallmark. Let, let us know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I loved Santino Fontana. He was so good in this movie. He was so confident. And I, yes. I liked, uh, of course, off his singing, but also that. I was going to ask he, that. I was like, this is real voice. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can sit in the house with you. <laughs> oh. And. Uh, and I liked that he was kind of insecure because his uh, previous relationships hadn't hadn't been happy with his career choices. But she was like the per- they were just like the perfect pairing yes. of the two of them. And when they're up there on that roof and dancing and uh, so that rooftop, uh, and then the dreams, in the dreams, yeah, the dreams were so good. 
And she's an incredible singer too. I'm just in here like I'm I'm he, I'm like, where was this movie all my life? <laughs> <laughs> and little Ava Grace, she was so good. Oh. She did great. I mean, she's good on she's one of our favorites on One Calls the Heart. Yes. But this was the first role that I've seen from her where she, she felt more like a, a teenager than a uh, than a child actor. So I was proud of her. She did really well. The only, like, I guess flaw I have with this movie is that I do think the ex-husband is a little lifetime thriller-y. He's a little stalkerish and weird to me. Like, really I feel like was. you only have to change a few things and this becomes a, a lifetime thriller. Pretty easily. Like, like the, I'm going to be in your life. Like, I'm, I really am her husband. Like, yeah. yeah. I'm in. I'm she's like, like, he's like, you're, what are you doing to my wife? And he's like, ex-wife. And he's like, uh... He gets her coffee. I'm like, no, that's a really important. Yes, and takes her coffee. I'm just like, Lord. Yeah, yeah, he takes her coffee. (laughs) She's like, where's my coffee? I'm like. Yeah, and he lies about uh, moving back in. And just all of that was, like, you needed the conflict. I get it. But he was just a little too creeper-ish to me sometimes. I I was like, he moved into the building when he first had his stuff there. I was like, oh, hell no. Right. <laughs> My, but they far. at least <laughs> resolved it pretty quick. And the whole ending with him coming to the movie theater. Yes. And being like, I wonder if Cary Grant could really kiss like that, you know, and all this stuff. <laughs> I was like, okay. And then when like, that's when like the whole pivot came out with the moms were like, go, like, were like ghosts. I'm like, wait yeah. a minute. Wait, this is, this is like the, the clever way to they explain like, oh no, like they passed away. I'm like, uh-huh. wow. I was yeah. also connected with those characters, the moms, because they had a whole hand of putting their kids together from like the free uh, cheesecakes to getting the apartment area, everything, yeah. laying out all the groundwork. Yeah. And this whole movie pretty much was set on a back lot, was filmed on a back lot, back lot yes. I should say. Yes, I definitely get Yeah, but I liked that because it kind of added to this sort of old school quality to it all mm-hmm. you know it, it felt like a movie from the past exactly and i think it actually helped it and uh she looked gorgeous i loved all her dresses i thought yes. she looked so good yes especially the mm-hmm. first time when she went to the club i was like that's it. oh yeah that red dress yes it was really good <laughs> the red dress and then what she has at the end she has that sparkly dress and then this oh, yeah. uh, she has a dress a uh, sparkly dress in the dream sequences that looked really good yes fashion was great <laughs> and i loved it <laughs> yeah and i loved uh the kissing scenes were all so good and they uh they have their scene, of course, on the roof, but then also in the hallway. And he's yes. like, don't worry. Dating is complicated. You're diving into somebody's life. And that was a really good moment, I thought. Definitely. Yeah. So it was great. Uh, I, I, I think in the... I think in the other episode, I think I gave it a 4.9 crowns. Or maybe even a 5. I might have given it a perfect five, even with creepy husband. Like I lo- love this one. I could watch it again and again. It was great. Like I'm giving out my first five. Yeah. Five. I'm giving my first yeah. five out. You guys, this is it. <laughs> okay. It deserves it. Popcorn, it. You some popcorn. You'll be fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it was certainly one of the best non-Christmas, that's for sure. Next, we had a royal runaway romance. And this stars uh, Philippa Northeast and Brant Daughtry, director David Weaver, writer Jake Helgren. And it's uh, Princess Amelia of Banbury travels across America to explore a budding romance with an artist only to fall in love with her bodyguard, Grady. Uh, So director David Weaver, he's been a good friend of the podcast. He's super talented and we really enjoy him. And then I got to interview Jake Helgren this last, uh, this last Christmas season. And he's really fun. Um, and when I first heard about this, I was like, Oh, I think I gave it a pretty low score (laughs) in the the preview. It, it it didn't sound that great, but I think because of this team behind it, Mm -hmm. I thought it was actually pretty good. I enjoyed it a lot more than I expected. So maybe low expectations helped. I I don't think they had like the best chemistry overall, but I thought that the script was entertaining and it was overall a cute movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, What do you think? Let's see. I'm going to rename the title because as I'm watching the movie the whole time, I was like, you know what? I'm going to call it the first Royal Crossroads combining the uh, first daughter movie with um, Katie Holmes in it and the crossroad oh, yeah. movie with Britney Spears into one. That's all, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's definitely not reinventing the wheel. This movie <laughs> has been done a million times, but I don't know. I thought it was overall charming. The, you know, the stops along the way, the banter between them. Exactly. I was like, okay. And then just, I think it was just coming of, Coming to self. I think that was, I think the whole movie was about, about a princess standing on her own feet, exploring the world where her mom is wanting her to explore the world and wants her to, you know, you gotta, you gotta be a queen now. You gotta do this, but she hasn't seen the world yet to even understand what the world problems are, or see places. And that, mm-hmm. I think that gave her that out, that outlet to go see, you know, the painter who did her painting, who was a complete douchebag, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was interesting because they started with her kissing this other guy and having this romance and everything. And so, but it definitely had a little bit of a Roman holiday feel to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the princess, you know, getting her freedom and and, uh, uh, going on this adventure. Uh, But, uh, you know, it just shows the show when you have a, a formula it's a, it's a formula for a reason because we like it and it works when it's done well. Yes. And when it's, it's got good banter, good, good writing. It it's entertaining. And I, I thought that we did get some pretty hunky moments. With oh, yeah, we, did. We, we, we did. We did. Yeah. Thank you Grant, like, for like, that. I was, I was like, can you be my bodyguard? Yeah. <laughs> I've got, we got a nice country. <laughs> A nice scene uh, in the towel. That was exciting. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Uh, and uh, yeah, I I just overall was like, this is cute. I've never seen uh, this Philippa Northeast before, but I thought she was good. She was I know. Nice I've never charisma. seen her either. I'm on my radar a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she hasn't been in that many things. That's why she only has seven credits in IMDb. So she knew, but I thought she was good. I would definitely use her again. Mm-hmm. I can see her I was in a Hallmark. Christmas movie for sure. I can see her in a Christmas, like you know, 
mm-hmm. arena for one of the 40 movies or it could be 50 mm-hmm. this year. We don't never know. Yeah. And I, can, and I can see her either as a competitive princess, you know, changing the roles up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I thought it had a really good ending kiss. Oh my that gosh. Really yes. <laughs> she comes back. <laughs> I'm like, thank you. Come back. He's on the farm. He's with horses. On, on the we're missing was his shirt off, but it was great. It was the can anniversary, so he couldn't have his shirt off yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> that might have been a little bit too much. <laughs> too much. But I do love like their one on one when they had their little picnic on that, uh, you know, private yeah, that was property. Cute. I was just like, it was just amazing. And then along the way, she was kind of doing her um, duties, but seeing it from a whole di- different perspective from the common people mm-hmm. and it says i was just like okay well and the guy who played west he was pretty dreamy too like they could use him again <laughs> like we're just saying using one more <gasps> he could be for a fall harvest movie oh yeah i'm putting it out there homer hear me out <laughs> <laughs> he's done a bunch for a lifetime i'm looking on here Ooh, uh, yeah he was uh in the victoria Gotti movie uh, a bunch of other ones. <laughs> Undercover cheerleader. That's <laughs> the secrets of a, a marine's wife. Dun, dun, dun. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, like like the chemistry wasn't the best. I didn't quite buy them together, mm-hmm. but I it wasn't like terrible that it ruined the movie or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I would give this one, I don't know. I might give it a four. I really, I thought it was cute. I really enjoyed it. I was going to go three and a half, close to four too. I was like, I do like 3.8. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. On April 3rd, over on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, we had Always Amore. And this we also talked about in this separate episode. Starring Autumn Reeser and Tyler Hines. And this is directed by Kevin Fair and written by Julie Sherman Wolf. And it follows Elizabeth, who is forced to work with Ben, a pro restaurant consultant, to keep her late husband's Italian restaurant afloat. But as they get closer, she realizes that not all change is bad and might even open her heart to new love. So what did you think of this movie overall? This movie, I would say this movie was Better than her uh, wedding bell movie because they're both like an Italian setting, but this one was over her wedding bell movie, and I can say that. I love the fa- I love their chemistry, honestly. Like just her, it just felt so like you know she's going through this loss but trying to keep her husband's memory alive. Same time, like her business falling because it wasn't where, where it used to be. Now it's like there's newcomers coming, in, like you don't know our business side. Any of you know what our foundation is, but she's trying to have this hope. But the love that they start to build along the way, I I, I started to see it. I did, but Nona was my favorite though. <laughs> yeah, she was cute. <laughs> yeah, I liked this one. I thought that it was pretty good. I mean, it again, kind of like the the royal royal movie. It didn't break any molds, but it was. It did a good job. I thought it at at the uh, at that kind of trope, and it made me definitely hungry. It sure did. <laughs> I wanted to try the food. I wanted some of the chocolates from our friends' um, business. It just kind of gave you more of like because I because I have family that's in Seattle, so 
I never got to visit like the smaller, like, you know, island towns, like one of my friends used to live out there for. I'm like, I get to see like that version of it, you know, from that standpoint. I'm like, okay. Um, get to see like an Italian family, you know, operates in a sense, but also learning how to take risk. Either it's like, you know, learning how to move on, learning how to um, still preserve a uh, classic dishes though, but also adding new ones. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I've learned, you know, watching this movie. Learning to yeah. take risk in your family, like having the daughter design, like, you know, artsy, you know, things for like the menus and everything. And I was wondering, did she ever show her dad that before he passed away or had mm-hmm. the creative mindset to add her artwork later on into the business? Well, she would have probably been, because it had been a couple of years. Yeah. So she would have been pretty little when he passed away. You know, I don't know if she would have been drawing by then, but but maybe. But yeah, that finding ways to honor her like husband while also keeping the restaurant open because if it closes, then that doesn't do any good. No, that's <laughs> in honoring him. That part. Um, I love. I love how they got the oil. During during, mm. I was like, wait, they really about to play this card game and win some oil? I was like, <laughs> yeah, we kind of forgot to talk about that in our recap, but uh, but it was it was fun. It was funny. I thought, yeah. And uh, the whole thing with the Monday, Monday meals, mm-hmm. trying to make family and uh, make everybody at the restaurant feel like family. I thought that was really nicely done, executed the whole thing with uh, what a wonderful world and is and mm-hmm. uh, the uh, ukulele. That was r- nicely oh, done. I love goodness. that arrangement of that song. Yes. But at the end, I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. I thought this movie had an excellent final kiss. Yeah. Because you think he's left to to Greece and then it comes back or doesn't leave. And and I just thought that was really earned and very well done. Yes. I'm like, please don't leave. Like, don't leave. <laughs> but I thought he well, and Tyler always does a great job with the kisses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's really good. Yes. <laughs> And I thought they had pretty good chemistry. I mean, again, I think Tyler almost always has great chemistry with whoever he's working with. Yes. But, uh, but I thought that aside from him, him leaving because he overhears, uh, that uh, overhears her talking that, uh, that seemed like a little bit of an overreaction, but then he didn't actually leave, leave. So it was fine. It was fine. But, yeah, I thought that was really good, and uh, ending with the with the uh, Monday meal yes. at the restaurant, it was that was good. And uh, we also find out that he has his own wounds yes. with his fiance. Yes, that that took me. That was like a really like took me shock. I was shocked when that when he told me we told everybody that I was like, wait mm-hmm. a minute, I thought like she just broke your heart, she just left you, but she died. Yeah, yeah, and and then I thought that Antonio he was he was pretty dreamy. Oh yeah, he was. (laughs) Like he, I'm like, make me your version of what you're gonna make. Just give me Antonio's um, classic meals, please. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I 
got that you hooked up with the best with, uh, with uh, Elizabeth's best friend because they always. Yeah, I did too. That would have been fun to yeah. have like a little side romance for him. Yes. Because she was like the chocolates. He does the back of the bin whole thing. Yeah. The only thing about the food in this movie is that it all felt like really heavy. And I feel like we're moving away from that. Uh, in at least I am. <laughs> I don't know if the whole world is. But I don't know. I feel like that a lot of restaurants are kind of moving towards lighter, uh, more farm fresh kind of they type are. fare. This was like all cream sauces and just very heavy sounding <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to go to this. They, 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 they added a little bit of cherries that they imported. Right. <laughs> but no, I, you know, I did have noticed that they, that some, especially a lot of businesses do reach out to local farmers, organic farmers. They have it in their backyard. Like just, just like in the um, last uh, movie, the row um, runaway romance where their um, um, bed and breakfast, they had a garden. They like, no, our came from our garden. I'm like, Oh, that's really neat. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, they did talk about everything was sourced from the island. So, least, yeah, from Italy. Yeah, from so Italy. And also, I think locally in the area as well. So, they had a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I think I gave this one 3.5 uh, in our longer review. What would you give it? I was going to do a 3.5 as well. 3.5. All right. Next on the. 16th, we had uh, the Love Classified. This is on Hallmark Channel. And it stars Melora Hardin, uh, Max Lloyd-Jones, Catherine McNamara, uh, Stacey Ann Harding director, Lynn Sternberger writing. And this is a long summary, so forgive me. But it's Hardin portrays romance novelist Amelia described as a whirlwind who blows back into the lives of her adult children, Taylor and Zach, under the pretense of a book signing arranged by her hometown's local bookshop. As Amelia tries to reconnect, Taylor and Zach explore new and past relationships through an app that boasts old-fashioned human connection by way of the classified ads. Zach is given a chance to heal old wounds while Taylor matches with a woman that changes the way she's always thought about love. This is such a fun story from writer Lynn Sternberger that is ultimately a story of love, family, and commitment in all its forms. So what did you think of this one overall? Overall, let's see. It literally was a 90s, early 2000s rom-com. The first, like, five minutes of it, I was like, am I in a rom-com that I can watch this in a movie? Like, I thought I could just go to the movie theater and watch this in theater at first. I was like, okay. But as it kept going along, sorry, sorry, you know, Hallmarkies, I fell asleep about 20 minutes into the movie. <laughs> like, in the middle of it, though, because I was tired. I came back from, um, from the uh-huh. movie. Bridal shower, but <laughs> I did watch majority of the movie though. It was just trying to piece people together. It's kind of like they didn't label everybody yet, so it's kind of like you're piecing everybody together. But I love the idea of a new twist into a dating or like like you know, no, no, take that back. You know the website like meet like uh, meetup.com mm-hmm. people do like like um, like group activities stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What it felt like it was just taking the classifieds off of the paper and putting it into an app, and I was like. That's different and clever. Yeah. Well, I mean, I celebrate the diversity in this film. I want to say that outright. 
I think that's great. I absolutely think we should be telling all different stories. I have no problem with that at all. In fact, I celebrate it. I still didn't like the movie. I hate to say it. I I know it's getting a lot of praise and a lot of people enjoyed it. And I celebrate that. I think that's great. But I just didn't like Catherine McNamara's character. I thought she was annoying, frustrating. I didn't enjoy her. I didn't, it just didn't make any sense to me that, so she starts dating this woman again, which is great. I have no problem with that. But, uh, she breaks up with this woman because she's a doctor and she's seen her mother as a patient. Her mother is a, a patient first. What? That makes no sense. I mean, why on earth would you break up with somebody because they're doing their job? You know, like she doesn't have any control over what patients come to her and, you know, don't come to her. Like she just treats whoever comes to her practice. So, and I would never want to be with somebody who dumps me because of doing my job. I don't even understand really what this woman saw in Catherine McNamara's character, aside from the fact she's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I would not want to be with her. I wouldn't want to date her. Uh, and so I, I just, I just found her annoying and I, I, it really soured the movie for me. I, <laughs> yeah, I can, I can, I can agree with you. I feel like Taylor had a lot of childhood, you know, trauma, especially with her, her, you know, her dad dying or, you know, whatever happened with her and her parents. But at the same time, it's like, don't think I own your brother, your mom, mom, you've been gone. Like, yes, you've been hurt. Your dad died though. But think about this way. Your mom's hurting too. She lost the love of her life. You're not the only person that's mm-hmm. hurting. Like there's things that's called therapy. Mental health is very important. Like that, you know, walk through, through that. Like, then I tell you come to this or that. You want us to show up for your thing. I'm like, you know what? That's her coping mechanism to be on the road. Not to think about it. Yeah, she she, she has a doctor's and everything, but she needs to take care of her mental health. And mm-hmm. I 100% I agree with you. Like, Taylor could have been way better. Like, I was like looking at her brother's act like, how is, she, how is that your sister? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I was more interested in their relationship kind of than I was into any of the other relationships. I thought the brother sister dynamic was probably the strongest mm-hmm. of the, of the movie. And I liked, uh, I liked Max Lloyd Jones. I thought he was really good. I liked Melora Hardin. She was, she was good in the role, but I, I just, I also felt like they sold me on a movie that I did not get. I mean, this was, should have been on Hallmark movies and mysteries. It was a family drama, and I just wanted a, I was tired. It was a long day. I wanted to sit down and just watch a fluffy, fun rom-com. And instead I got this, this drama Rom, full yes. of kind of annoying people that I didn't like. And I just felt sour about it. I didn't enjoy it. I know. I thought it would be, I thought it'd be, I feel like the mom was going to be writing the book called the love classified and write about the different love dynamics. And then, Kind of like she was like narrator, narrator in that sense. I I loved the first five minutes. I'm like, I'm here for it. Let's do this. Yeah. And it, I'm like, and it didn't happen. It just basically all about Taylor and her problem. Like, I don't like you. Like, you broke. Like, you you called me out for dinner. Like, really? Like, yeah. If you if you want a better example of this kind of story, if you think about "Tis the Season to Be Merry," one mm-hmm. with Rachel e. Cook, okay. Travis Van Winkle. Uh, that they that she's writing a, a dating advice book in that uh in that movie 
and uh, she kind of learns to eat her own words and it's very funny and like they could have brought in way more of that into this definitely and i don't mind them having conflict i don't mind drama but i do think you have to sell people on the right movie so they don't sit down with the wrong expectations and then also you have to make the conflict make sense like again the when people when when people just behave irrationally that's not compelling it's just frustrating and her dumping her girlfriend because she's a doctor who treats who happened to treat treat her mom makes no sense it's not a rational decision so it just feels frustrating it doesn't feel compelling i'm not i'm i'm not invested in her character or in the drama that's happening because i'm just like why are you doing this that part now I'm really confused about and, her too. I'm like, your mom's sick. Yeah. She's trying to tell you she's sick, but you don't want to hear it. But then you want her to hear you. And it's just like completely out of her girlfriend's control. Like she doesn't have any control over who comes into her her office and or not. Like, and she just has she has to treat like treat who comes in. <laughs> Confidentiality and think about this: your girlfriend did not know that was your mom. Like, there's gonna be a yeah. lot of blooms in the city that we don't know about. Yeah, so I don't know. I'll give it a two point five, uh, but I really didn't. It was not for me, unfortunately. Yeah. What would you give it? I was gonna do a three, just be in the middle. But I feel like I want. Mm-hmm. I really gave it a three because I love the book, the bookstore. Um, like, yeah. I thought that was so interesting in itself. I was like, I want to go yeah, to that bookstore. And she her character was so cute. I'm like, I love her character. We just like you know. But uh-huh. it could have it been better. I feel like it took all that little Taylor drama out of it and focus on the different meetups and locations and stuff. And while the mom could have told the story of how love classifieds, you know, X, Y, and Z. But I will give you this. I laughed my butt off at the bar scene. Like, no. Yeah, that was the best. That was, I was like, that was good. I was like, I was like, no way. Like, wait, I'm going to classify. I'm looking for my mom. I was like. <laughs> yeah. That was funny. I'll give you that. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarky Smart Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarky in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarky's merch store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller Carrie from Walmart Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. Next, we had uh, A Tale of Love, and this was on the 23rd. Brittany Bristow and Chris McNally, uh, director Leaf Bristow, writer Richard Beatty and, and Agnes Bristow. So those are Leaf and Agnes are Brittany's parents, which is fun. Um, and then when Bella discovers that funding for her dog rescue center is discontinued, she turns to J.R., a soldier who quickly becomes attached to one of her rescues, a German shepherd named Indy. So what did you think of this one? For this one, Chris might make me become a, um, 
been called a hardy. I might become a hardy after this. I'm like, hey, <laughs> you're gonna make me become a hardy. Yeah. <laughs> I it just it remind me a little bit of the hall, um, the harvest, uh, fall harvest movie. Um, love, uh, love and love, law and order. It remind me a little bit of that, but in a dog sense of like the property dispute situation. That would a little bit rise me up, but involving dogs, but. <laughs> yes <laughs> well yeah i mean we just got the uh we had just had a dog movie we did what, now all of a sudden my brain has i know i, I can't remember the other dog me. movie too i can't remember it too. <laughs> what I was it remember it, but i remember it the only dog movie i actually remember was the one with training your dog or training your, your husband as a dog <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah what's that one <laughs> my husband is a, that was one of the weird ones that they got during quarantine yeah i was like okay <laughs> but the, i know I, I see i see the picture because she was no no no. i remember it was about that dog i guess she was operating illegally as a dog owner or something like that was that it oh well i mean love unleashed is one of my all-time least favorite Hallmark <laughs> movies I do not care for that at all but I feel like the other one when they had to share the dog custody one, like they both went, the kids wanted to bop the dog. Oh, that one's cute. Love to the rescue. Them. Yes, yes. I mean, we should do an episode ranking Hallmark dog movies. Oh my gosh. That would be good. <laughs> and then which dogs are, yeah, we can do like, you know, our honorary dogs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because Unleashing Mr. Darcy, that one's, that one's popular. Well, I thought this was really good. Um, it, I felt like how to train your husband. That's what there it was. There it goes. How you train your husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, this one was, I thought this one was fine. This, uh, it was sweet, kind of basic Hallmark movie with some likable stars. It was a little boring, if I'm honest, for me, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it was still overall, I, it was cute. I'm still trying to figure out because she kept saying over and over again that her heart keeps, um, she didn't want to um, have her heart bro- broken again. But I'm like, who broke, I can't, I can't remember who broke her heart and when it happened, why it happened. But you said, I just mm-hmm. want her heart to be broken again. Like, you really, she didn't clarify it more. Mm-hmm. That sense. I was like, yeah, I think it, it had been, yeah, that's true. Like, she just kind of talks about it. I didn't need that clarification, but it was just kind of like we knew every step of the way what was going to be happening, which, happens a lot in hallmark movies but sometimes they can kind of take those basics and make them a little bit more exciting with the characters and the banter and the other things in this it it dragged in in parts it just was like okay no, I <laughs> but the dogs were cute the leads are likable so it again it was fine um i, just look a little I feel bad because, <laughs> yeah i feel bad because the 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 lady who played her grandma um uh Jane Eastwood, she is awesome. She's such a good actress, but she played Mrs. Hammond in Anna Green Gables, who's mm-hmm. like the worst. <laughs> like abusive and terrible and everything like that. <laughs> and so I have a hard time. Like I have a hard time finding her as like warm and lovable. <laughs> Which is so not fair. I get it. But nevertheless, I mean, that's one of my favorite movies ever. Is the nineteen eighty five Anna Green Gables? Oh my goodness! <laughs> Have you seen that? 
I have not actually. I think oh, you should. I'm going to put that on my notes. So good. Yeah, it's it's perfect. I wouldn't change a thing about it. But, um, I, would, but. <laughs> but I would say the reporter, I need to get more information to see how the movie she has been in so far. But she's one of those like side characters like one of those spring characters where she walks into like the um boardroom like i know when she left she's like i know how i came in i'm gonna leave the way i came out i was like i love her i'm like she just yeah (laughs) she was fine (laughs) and the and the dogs were so cute yes i was like i want to go yeah and a little andy i mean big andy (laughs) but he was so cute (laughs) and i do think chris mcnally is so handsome he is whether he's on when calls the heart and i've been a big fan of his from his very beginning on hallmark he had a small uh role in rocky mountain christmas which uh, i was like who is that brother you can listen to the to the recap <laughs> 2017 i was like he is so handsome <laughs> like where are you like i need you to come to the forefront yeah like, so they've done great things with uh with Chris McNally. I know. I'm like, as I hear, like, I can watch you in this. You know, like, there's some part, parts which I agree that were like kind of like dragging a little bit. I'm like, I'm yeah. just sitting here just watching drink coffee by the water outside. I'm like, <laughs> like this was just beautiful in itself. Yeah, you and with Indy, I was just like, oh, oh, Indy was great. Yes, and. And it must be fun for Brittany to do a movie like this with her parents. Yeah. That must be a blast. So, yeah, I give this one, I think, a three or 3.25. Yeah, I'm going to be a three as well. Yeah. Three. All right. Last one is Curious Caterer Dying for Chocolate. And this stars, this is on the 10th on Movies and Mysteries. Stars Nick Deloach and Andrew Walker, director Anthony C. Mechie, writer. Irene Dobson and John Christian Plummer, a single mom who's thrust into the role of town sleuth to help solve a friend's mysterious death. And you didn't get a chance to see this one, correct? I didn't. And I've been trying to find it for the longest. I even had it on saved on like my like little DVR on like my thing. I'm like, so it just disappeared off the like listings. Like Well, it's weird because I also forgot to save it on my DVR. Um, and they weren't, re- they're not re- rebroadcasting it yes. until the end of May. Oh my God. so weird. I think for a new series, they'd want to show it a bunch of times, build, you know, build enthusiasm, build hype. Thank you. But, uh, but the only reason I ended up seeing it was because uh, a friend of mine had it on their sling. And so I was able to watch it. Oh, right. But I'm more trying to catch uh, different commercial parts of it or like different scenes where I can get it. I'm like, I need more because this doesn't help me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and overall, I thought it was pretty good for a start. I feel like the first episode of these move- mysteries are usually not like the best because we have to set everything up and mm-hmm. then they get kind of better going forward. Uh, but the, the, the murder was pretty grisly. It was pretty intense. And uh, the whole thing took itself very seriously. And it, which surprised me a little bit because with a name like dying for chocolate, you, you expect it to have a little bit more camp than it did. And I don't know, I go back and forth because sometimes I want these movies to be like a little more realistic than they are. Like when they try to bring in 
morning show chefs into solving crime. I'm just kind of like, this is ridiculous. But then other times I feel like they take themselves too seriously and then it's too much the other direction. Like I thought the Haley Dean movies took themselves too seriously. And I don't know, we're just not fun enough. And so there's like a perfect midway point that I think the garage sale mysteries just nailed. Uh, and maybe Mr. 101 is pretty good with that. Uh, it's a tough, it's a tough thing to to do. This definitely went on the serious side, I think. And I did appreciate the fact that Nikki played it like you really would if you were, were you, you like a real person, if they stumble upon a dead body and stuff like that, you would be shocked. It would be horrific. And in so often in these mysteries, the person solving the crime, it's just kind of like, oh, okay, move on. <laughs> My friend was just murdered. Um, but not in this case. Like she definitely felt the trauma and you felt like her acting abilities in this. And uh, you could feel a little bit of that chemistry between her and Andrew. Andrew's definitely very serious, dedicated to his job kind of a thing. And, uh, but Overall, I thought it was decent. I, I liked it pretty well. I again, I thought they could have leaned a little bit more into the camp, and for with the name "Dying for Chocolate," there was not enough chocolate. Oh damn! <laughs> need more, more chocolate. At least we have chocolates. Do something. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I would give this a three point five. I thought it was a pretty pretty good start. Okay. Definitely so. gonna watch it either by tomorrow. And I will leave a comment either on Twitter or on Patreon page that what my star is because I need to know okay. my crown. Good. <laughs> that would be good. Well, thank you so much for talking about these movies with me. I really appreciate it. And uh, where can people follow you on social media? They can follow me on Twitter, uh, Instagram at Shereem, which is S-H-R-E-E-M-1-6. That's where I usually am at. Usually on Twitter, usually daytime or nighttime, depending on what I'm doing. Or I'm checking in and out of, of um, Instagram, but I'm usually there. <laughs> so I'm catching, I'm catching up literally on like the seven deadly sins right now. Like we're watching that era right now. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, you can follow me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So please check that out. And also... Check out the podcast at Homeworkies Pod and Homeworkies Podcast, all of our social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews. Five stars. That helps us so much. We also have our patron group and merch store. And at the patron group this weekend, you can be part of our monthly activity where we're having a Q&A with, with writer Kathy Cloves. And she is the writer of The Christmas Promise and It Was Always You, which were very popular. She's not on social media. So this is really going to be one of your only chances to talk with her and uh, about these movies. So it's definitely worth it. Sign up uh, for the Patreon, help the podcast, and get to be part of these really cool events. All that information is in the description. Really, really appreciate it. And then at the merch store, we have tons of Hallmark-inspired designs uh, that you can get totes and uh, shirts and whatever you want on them. And uh, we really appreciate that support. And uh, thanks so much again, Jasmine. We had a blast and we'll talk yes, to y'all later. Did. Bye everyone. See you guys.